guys, welcome back to the Natty Scene and your hosts, AJ Morris, Vicky Masita, are back for another update. I hope you're all good, enjoying potentially some sun in the UK and uh, just getting on with whatever you're doing in terms of your bodybuilding, fitness, careers at the moment. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Has AJ not had his morning coffee today? Is well, that what it that, is? N- Vicky, I've had no caffeine in about eight days. So, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, D-load. Oh, yeah, you did say that, actually. D-load, yeah, no sorry, caffeine. I didn't, I didn't... D-load, no caffeine. So why why are we why are we taking out all of the caffeine? Oh, because caffeine, caffeine, caffeine is a tool. Caffeine is a tool. We need to use it very, very wisely, and people don't. Um, like we talked about before, it's, a, it's, it's not only an appetite suppressant, but it's also very pro-inflammatory, and the goal of a D-load is to take down inflammation. So if you're drinking caffeine... Especially if you're, I see people having coffee post-workout, like no, you don't do that. Yeah. No. If you want to reduce inflammation maximally and actually use the deload as what it's meant to be, you take out caffeine. Um, I have all my clients either taper or take out caffeine completely in a deload. Um, deload caffeine, deload training, great place to be after the deload. But not many people do that and that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, cool. Cool. So yeah, how how are you, Vicky? How's your week been? Be very honest and upfront with people as to how your week has actually been, and, uh, and then we'll go from there. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you say, "Be honest and open." I'm always honest and true. open. True, yeah, true. I'm always honest and open. All right, so let's go for a positive then. First of all, right, positive things. My sleep has been mm-hmm. epic. Yeah, like full on epic to the point where I was getting so titched off that I wasn't actually sleeping and it was still doing me head in. I was doing a lot of research, you know, that I like reading the books and looking at the graphs and things mm. like that. Um, yeah, graphs. And um, so I was doing some research and basically there was a few studies that came out saying that if you have more exposure to daylight pre-noon, uh, then you actually sleep a lot better. Mm. So I normally split up my um, walks throughout the day because obviously I've got a big dog and he needs walking a lot. So I normally walk him in the morning um, after my breakfast if I'm not kind of rushing off doing something or other, just around the block, you know, and all the rest of it. Um, And then I'll walk him again later on in the evening. But I just thought, well, I'll try and implement this and get some more exposure to daylight before noon and see if that actually helps. So I've been taking him out at six in the morning and then taking him out again at around 10 o'clock and then, um, yeah, so that was about it. And then I go for a little walk myself, probably to the gym or just around the place or whatever, or just sit outside mm. just for 10 minutes. And you know what? Since implementing that last week, we, the sleep's been epic. Oh, wow. Interesting. It's It's yeah. been mental. And it's just, just that tiny little change. So I did put that on my story yesterday. So I've just by swapping over a lunchtime walk to another morning walk, it's, it's actually really helped my sleep. So, yeah. you know, if it's working... I'm going to carry on doing it, right? Mm, mm. So so even though that's a scientific study and it might not be um, the same for absolutely everybody, it's working for me. So anecdotal evidence is obviously saying that I'm going to keep doing it, which sure. is good. Negative-wise, um, this week's just been a shit week, really. And it's because um, I have been attacked by the bloating fairy again. No idea why. Um, I can't get any cleaner with my food um, because I've taken everything out. Mm. So I just think my intestines are dappy ducked, mm. basically. 
So because of the bloating, that's obviously had a knock-on domino effect where I'm feeling like tits off and irritable and sluggish and really tired through the day sure. um, because the bloating does make you really tired as well. Um, and just not wanting to eat either. But I've still managed to obviously pack in all my food, which obviously doesn't help with the bloat. Um, but, but yeah, so that's it. And then starting to get these little niggles because I am still training hard, so everything hurts at the minute. So I think we are implementing the deload strategy coming probably today, which is mm. nice. Oh, and I also want to give a shout out to my husband, Scott. It's his birthday today. Oh, happy birthday, Scott. Yeah, so that's nice, isn't it? So I thought, oh, yeah, let's do that, yeah. So apart from that, it's quite nice. So I might actually use the deload excuse to not train today, um, depending on how we're feeling and stuff, so I can actually spend the afternoon with my hubby on his birthday because he's he's buggering off tonight and spending his birthday evening with his dad rather than his wife. Oh, God damn it. Yeah, I know, right? So (laughs) shout out to Scott. That's why I woke you up at 5.30 in the morning with your cake. <laughs> awesome. Other than that, yeah, you know me. I'm sound. I'm always happy. I'm always um, spreading the love, as they say. So, how about you? How's your week gone? Cool. Yeah. So my week is almost like a role reversal of yours. I've been already deloading. So I, 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 I was saying in the recent updates that I kind of was spotting fatigue creep up a little bit, and I've got to the point where I can sort of just spot it in the nick of time, so that I don't get to the point where I feel horrendous but I get to the point where niggles start to creep in and lifts are still moving forwards they haven't gone backwards yet and I can then implement it and before everything starts going backwards essentially because I've done it before where I just keep pushing and pushing and pushing and then everything starts to head backwards um, whether it's performance my mood or, or or everything you know just something at some point will take a hit and so yeah I, I deloaded from um, Monday to well, I'm, I'm taking Saturday and Sunday completely off when I deload I, I like to implement a little bit of both not training uh, so taking days off and also a reduction in, in volume and uh, intensity so how my deload looks is I take a set off each exercise and I reduce the load on the bar so that I'm falling like you know ideally two reps in reserve or maybe even more um, so it's it, the the importance of removing load off the bar is is very high in my opinion because I've had some clients say to me oh I prefer deloading but keeping the weight the same and then the next week they tell me they're still fucked the yeah. reason being is because physiologically your ability to like get under a bar that's super heavy or rel- with relative max like loading to yourself is is high like that the amount of willpower it takes to do that is high so you tax yourself psychologically you also tax yourself from a central nervous system point of view by relation to the load on the bar so taking the load down in my opinion is something you want to be doing if you if you're if you're going after numbers that you've never hit before kind of thing and you're progressively overloading you want to be taking the load down on the bar because otherwise next week when you come off the back of the deload you're going straight into numbers that you've already done you yeah. just you're just doing it again yeah and that's what everyone like everyone will say oh, I'm deloading and then they don't deload um, mm. you know the, the 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 main the main movements that you want to look at you know like for example my deadlifts the other the other day I usually on a normal day I would hit uh, well, I hit 180 for 
on a normal day, I hit five 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 seven. On nice. my deload, I hit um one six uh, one sixty for six, one seventy for six, one eighty for four. Done. So three sets and working up to one eighty, but only for one set and way less reps than I'd usually take it for. That was right. the only thing where I didn't necessarily, on the, the last set, didn't necessarily reduce the loading comparative to my previous week. However, there's a caveat to that because my de- my, my deadlift numbers have been coming up significantly. This week, if I wasn't deloading, I'd be at 185. Yeah. Um, and all my other stuff, for example, you know, bench press, I was hitting 100 for sixes before deload. I hit 90 for three sets of six yesterday. So this is just giving people an idea as to how I'm taking numbers down with relevance to my weights. Yeah, so you're not exactly taking like 50% off the bar, for example. You know, you're still actually training, but you're just not hitting that CNS, you know, in in a massive fashion, aren't you? Yeah, I I go by feel, to be honest, Vic. Mm -hmm. Um, And then then also... um, me and Steve were having a back back and forth discussion the other day about how whether we should look at doing new movements in a deload week and whether that would be um, a silly idea. And whilst it's potential, we both agreed. Whilst it's potentially a silly idea from the from the perspective of a new movement potentially causing some novel soreness, the intensity at which you'd be doing that new movement would be low anyway because you, your your level of practice with that movement would be low. So your ability to really chase after a really hard set is is going to be minimal anyway. So I did safety bar squats on on one of my leg days because, as I'd been talking about in previous episodes, my anterior delts, elbows, and everything was just fucked to to oblivion. I could barely press on some of my days because my forearms were ruined and my elbows sucked. So I took the back squat out completely this week no back squatting at all just to give everything a rest and within well by yesterday wednesday half four sorry not, that's, that was not yesterday um by, <laughs> by midweek by midweek everything was fine and yeah. you know i i have no niggles that's the goal of the deload is to to, to to completely dissipate niggles um so where you're at right now vic is deload will just fix everything hopefully but what most people don't don't sort of see is that by the end of the week they're they're still doing doing delay sessions still doing too much and they've still got the niggles and they're still carrying training fatigue and they've essentially just done a a moderate week so you've Mm. just wasted your time you really have because you'll just have to deload again sooner that's what i always think about when i deload is make this fucking easy so that i can do 12 weeks of really hard work Mm. Um, or even more, you know, and that's for some people that's ridiculous because some people look at making mesocycles in a like a four to one paradigm. <laughs> like they 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 train for four weeks and and deload in the fifth or or the sixth or whatever. Yeah, I don't get that, but me they neither, kind of accumulate. Me neither. Personally, like personally, I don't agree with that. Uh, no, actually. and they accumulate their sets though as well, don't they? So by yeah, doing well, that, or oh, some people yeah. do. That's mm. the goal. You know, I, I just find it a bit weird. It's just like, you know, get to a point where you're making substantial progress and then take a big step back. Yeah, I mean, I can see it's part of the reasoning why they might want to do that. Again, just to accumulate to the point at which they find they find that maximal work. But sure. 
in my opinion, what I deem as good work over the course of a training block is finding like almost like a middle ground between not being completely fucked and feeling still like pretty good and just holding that for a bit. Like why not just hold that relative intensity and workload and volume, just hold it and keep working and working and working and working and making sort of slow increments in, in, in protein progression and progressive overload. Um, that that to me would make more make up a, a more productive amount of work over the long term than spending almost like half your year deloading, you yeah. know, or half your year doing back off. And then if you look at all the other four weeks that you've accumulated, were those maximal? You know, were those maximal work weeks? Like could well, you they have couldn't done have been more? If you're trying to accumulate it, could you have done more? You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I mean, if you think about it, if we compare that to a dieting phase, mm. y- you do exactly the same thing, don't you? You progress. If you're looking at gaining, you progressively overload, and then you kind of hold it, hold yep. that weight for a yep. little bit, yep. and then start progressing again, or take your deload, which is obviously backing off a little yep. bit, and then start again. Yep. And the same thing with dieting as in dieting down. Yep. So you put your maximal effort in, you then hold that weight for a little bit to harden up, just like we were talking about previously, and then you go again, you know, yep. and it's 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 all in stages. It, it should marry up, realistically. Mm. But then again, some people have other approaches to dieting where... <clears throat> They, you know, they, 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 every, every certain amount of time they'll, <laughs> they'll implement like a diet break, which again, I, uh, I'm of the opinion that with diet breaks and with deloads, the most efficient way to implement a diet break or a deload is through some element of water regulation. Um, the, the idea in my, in my personal opinion of de- deloading or diet breaking with sort of like, a set a set time so a set structure so after this amount of time i will diet break or after this amount of time i will deload it's nice on paper but i don't think that's optimal when you're using those phases for a reason so if the reason's not validated if the reasoning's not there to diet break or deload why do it you know, yeah. it just I just don't think that, that that sets you up for the the best the best approach. Um, you know, personally whenever I've diet breaked or deloaded someone, it's it's purely been based off feedback. It's mm. not been based off oh we've we- reached week four, let's diet break. It's yeah. like, okay, you you're feeling like a little bit shit, your weight loss has potentially slowed, um, you're feeling really hungry your physique almost looks like it's retaining a film of water kind of thing. Your your sessions are going to shit. That's diet break. And in most mm. most diet breaks like that, they end up losing more scale weight because mm. the signs are there for it. You know, there's a need, there's a warrant for, for that diet break to, to come in. Um, exactly. I was having this exact same conversation. One of my girls is having a photo shoot on Sunday. Um, and every single week, or every single day. I sent you some pictures of her actually, didn't I? From her changes from morning yeah. through till night. Yeah. And she looks sick. Yeah. Um, but basically, so she's been sending me pictures every single day this week, all the way through the day, so I can see the changes because it was like, well, when is the most optimal time for you to go and have this photo shoot? Because it's not booked at a particular time. Sure. Um, so we were like, okay, so playing around with this. Anyway, obviously we're two days out now and she's like, what am I going to do about this? And what am I going to do about that? And what am I going to do about the other? So I said, I'll send you a game day protocol, what we're going to do. And obviously did my video like I always do, you know, for like my client updates mm. and stuff. 
And at the end of it, I literally just said, this is not set in stone. Yeah. This might literally change in the morning. Mm. So I just want you to be prepared for this. This idea is great on paper, but if you kind of wake up in the morning and you're watery because of some kind of reaction, she also lives in Gibraltar, so it's very hot there as well. Wow. So the temperature is going to have some kind of play into it. Then mm. obviously she's going to send me a picture in the morning and I'm going to say, right, we're changing the whole plan. This is now what we're going to do, you know? So again, like you were just saying, the most optimal plan is the one based on the biofeedback that your yep. body gives. Yeah. Not yep. that the one that's written on paper, which is the reason why cookie cutter workout sheets and that kind of thing just do not work. Yep, yep, agreed for sure. Yeah, one hundred percent. I you know, I in a similar position I have a client competing this weekend and to be fair, you know, with him being a physique athlete, there's less going on. So sure. you know, you're they're all that they're, they're not as lean as bodybuilding athletes so the, the variables to play are, are, are less so in terms mm. of you know whether they're going to be holding more water whether he's going to you know have this line versus not having that line kind of thing the 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 extent at which you are lean so the 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 amount of conditioning you have is is normally the warrant for playing about with things it's why it almost pisses me off a bit when i see ridiculous protocols and peak weeks for you know essentially under very very low level of muscularity people you know and i'm not being harsh but you know there's not many bikini athletes that are super high muscularity because if they were they'd be figure athletes um yeah so the amount of the variables that i see some athletes that are in bikini changing it just doesn't for me make sense because the your 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 body in the way that you react to things is because of your level of muscularity is is actually quite small because mm. you know, the, the 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 relevance of you being flat versus full the difference is it, it, it hardly you could probably hardly see it to the naked eye i mean maybe with a very high level pretty muscular bikini athlete yeah you you probably could see a difference between between very flat very full but then i think half them worry about it too much and end up just looking shit because they stress yeah um, they, they worry about things and they worry about the protocol that their coach is doing i mean you know i had one sort of consult with a bikini girl that you know got told to drink eight liters of water like oh. one day out and she said that she'd just her midsection and her overall midsection control was just minimal. My 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 physique athlete, the guy the guy that I'm competing, the goal for him is just to keep keep his waist and his midsection as tight and small as possible, uh, sure. whilst achieving good fullness. So I've actually had him just completely run low days throughout the week, and then we're gonna do like a taper up, so a slight slightly high day today, slightly high day tomorrow. And then on show day, just again, just topping up the tank with a bit more from an energy perspective. But from an achieving fullness perspective, he will be full because of the two high days that came up at the end of the low days, or at least he will be close to full. He'll be topped up a little bit on show day. Um, realistically, get gaining any more intramuscular glycogen on the show day itself is quite minimal we had this chat before when we were peaking about sort of whether the show day foods have an effect kind of thing um so especially again with relevance to smaller athletes the goal on a show day shouldn't be 
fucking like oh my god i'm flat let's fill up kind of thing mm. Mm. i saw on someone's instagram story he was like you know, I woke up woke up flat, so I had a full English, and then I fucked it. <laughs> well, why would you do that? Why would you do that? I mean, it's just... I, I spilled. You know, <laughs> you're uh... never gonna be you're never gonna be bone stark and full in the morning. Just to no, like, your blood pressure is low, your hydration status is minimal. You will not be full in the morning of your show. You will no. look flat. If you if you I get guarantee what would have been better, fuck off the full English, drink one of these. Get mm. a pump-up band, and he would have been full. <laughs> yeah, easy. Or he would have been closer, you know. Um, oh, honestly, it just sometimes it drives me nuts. Some of these people who are do, who who have these crazy protocols. Again, I spoke to you um, about one of my posing clients yesterday. Mm. He came and he posed. He's competing on Saturday, um, and his posing, um, in in your words, was beautiful. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> very nice. Um, but yeah, so the, but the thing is with him, he is a natural athlete. He is very small. He's compromised a hell of a lot of tissue, um, throughout it, but his, the way that he was prepped was very, very odd in a term. So he had lots and lots of cycling days. He had like three different types of days and then had fats on fats and no carbs on rest days. But his fats were like 120, for example. Um, it was, you know, and he's not a heavy guy, Mm. you know, he's like 78 kilos or something. So he's not massively heavy either. Um, but he did compromise a lot of muscle and I just saw him kind of waste away over the seven weeks that we were doing posing together. Um, and then this week, he's had all of his sodium cut out. He's had eight liters of water, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Wow. Um, Thursday was his first carb up day, where I didn't know how many um, carbs that he was on, how many grams of carbs that he was on. But then his water, thankfully, he didn't cut his water. But, you know, it was eight liters, and then he went down to, like, five or something. So he still mm. cut it down, but it wasn't out. Sure. But his carbs were like, you know, a bowl of Frosties and, and that kind of thing. And then doing this weird kind of full body pump up workout uh-huh. um, that he had to do fasted. Okay. So he was doing fasted depletion training mm. all the way through the week as well. And he was like, Vic, I felt like shit. I said, yeah, I'm not surprised. Mm. I go mm. out for a walk when I haven't got any food on me, you know, like a fasted walk or something with the dog just to get him out. Yeah. And I feel like death when I come back. I mean... <laughs> There is there is a potential bit of science behind doing the fasted training. Um, Definitely, and I'm not taking that away. But what purely I if he's trying to mobilise really stubborn fat, that's the yeah, only way sure. that you potentially look at that. Definitely, yeah. and he's lean. I mean, don't get me wrong, the guy's lean, so we yeah, could potentially look at it from that point of view. But it's the sodium, <clears> the water, various other manipulations like that. For natural people. It's not needed, yeah. in my personal opinion, all this sodium depletion, especially because he hasn't realistically been measuring his sodium throughout his prep anyway. Mm. So then he's like, okay, take it all out and then just put a fuckload in before you walk on stage. I mean, it's a yeah. bit... How are you going to react to that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean the, the only, the only, the only way I'd ever do that is if someone had already tried it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, a sodium load pre-stage can be nice. You know, it does it does aid you with sort of the 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 ability to get a pump backstage. But what I've sure. found is that just keeping sodium the same is usually the best protocol, and yeah. keeping it in throughout. So one of the things I've actually done in in recent in recent months is actually add like actively search to increase my sodium intake. 
so that yeah. when I next come to diet, I'm already starting off a, off a very high intake. So like yeah. I, I'm salting my meals like a lot right now. Um, and do you have any side effects from that? Like, you know, like the puffiness and, you know, the, you know, like we talk about having an off-plan meal and you have the high sodium and you get puffy. Do you yeah. have any of that when you first started? Yeah, maybe initially, but your body, your body adapts to whatever sodium intake you're, you're, you're at. So yeah. if you, yeah. if you drink enough water to therefore match the sodium, well, the electrolyte balance, mm. you'll get, yeah, you'll catch up with yourself eventually. Sure. Um, sure. It's so, more so when people, obviously, when they listen to these kind of things, I don't know if you get them, but I get lots of Instagram messages from people saying, oh, I'm trying this because you mentioned it on the Natty update. And it's just mm. like, okay, if you try and update or increase your sodium levels, be prepared to have a little bit of puff for a while, yeah. but just kind of stick with it because it is just like that high sodium meal that you have out with your, with your family or whatever at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. also try not to follow protocols that we're implementing as well just like a bit of a, a caveat to it just because we do something you don't have to do it <laughs> yeah like, well i mean some of the things that we do are helpful like oh yeah definitely you know, definitely but it's like, like taking out caffeine and things like that like i see sure. loads of, i saw loads as soon as soon as we mentioned that once loads of yeah. fucking people started not drinking caffeine i and know I was like, right i've set a trend here or something i know um, and the 10 minute walks yeah, the ten minutes walks. Although, minute walk. like, I I got that from Stan Everding, and then yeah, uh, people thought that it was my idea. It's not. No, <laughs> it's no, not exactly. My idea, and Stan but... Everding is pretty amazing, actually. I love his rhino rants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just we just simplify things, you know. There's there's nothing special about eating foods that agree with you. He's just put it in a very simple way, and he explains it well. There's nothing yeah. special about eating like rice and steak and things that digest well it's mm. just eating things that fucking digest well that's it exactly you know like if you have minimal gut issues like then you're gonna be assimilating food better you're gonna be feeling better you know you mentioned it yourself you've had more bloating this week you feel sluggish that's mm. normal you know like most people need to realize that and someone someone messaged me the other day saying sort of like oh i've got um uh what 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 do you recommend i do now like my gut my gut issues are really bad and because my calories are high and i'm like no no your 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 gut issues aren't bad because your calories are high your gut issues are bad because you're not aware of something that's either not agreeing with you or there's something that you're doing that's not right you shouldn't just accept that your gut that you're going to have gut issues because your calories are high yeah, you can you not. can consume a large quantity of calories with no gut issues if you do it correctly and you definitely. do it well. But no, definitely. hardly anyone does that because they just deem, oh, my appetite's gone, so it's time to just eat a hideously high amount of processed foods and screw up my meal timing and just throw everything into the water. I've done that. You know, I've yeah. done that. I've been bloated on like 3,000 calories. I can't mm. remember the last time I've been bloated. You know, because I just eat foods that, well, and I'm in a lucky position where, you know, I don't kind of deal with those things. Mm. But I, you know, I know foods that agree with me and I only eat them, those foods and that's it. You know, sure. it's part of the things that we've got to suck up. That's it. That's it. And I, this is the thing. And, and that's why it's kind of so frustrating to the point where I've now got the bloat monster again, because it's obviously something that's so small mm. Because my food is literally the same all the time now. Yeah. And I don't care because 
one, it makes me feel nice. And I like my food. You know, I like chicken and rice. I like steak and rice. I yeah, like sure. sweet potatoes. Sure. So it's it's not a big thing. But it can be something as simple as a seasoning that you put on it. Yeah. You know, that. so like, you know, I mean, I, I only use single ingredient seasonings. So I use smoky paprika, obviously. Mm. Big shout out to Jack Thorburn for mm. the smoky paprika. Mm-hmm. Um, How many minutes are we in from that? 33. That's yeah. it. He messaged me last time and he was like, God damn it. You made it to like 39 minutes before yeah. <laughs> having a Jack, Jack Thorburn burnout. But yeah, so 33. There you are. But yeah, so I only use single ingredient ones. But, you know, even things like that or like onion powder, even though it's so minute, might set off that flare yeah so it's just about finding it but but the point that i was trying to make about just because we do something you don't automatically have to jump on the bandwagon and do it it's the same thing as saying don't follow the pros protocols yeah yeah. so just because you see a pro who's assisted and an ifbb winner Mm. do something it doesn't mean that you have to do it that you can take the knowledge away from it and possibly trial it, yep. but don't just think, well, because he does it, I'm going to do it. Mm, you know, have a think about things. If the 10 minute walks just aren't your thing because you don't like walking out in nature, then okay, don't do it. You know, yeah. if, it off. if you don't, yeah, if you just don't like having chicken and rice and you like being bloated, well, that's kind of a weird thing to do. But people, okay. people are entitled to their own opinion, you know. Exactly, right? So we're all different people. What did make me laugh, and that's a good point, actually. I got a message through not so long ago saying, are these egg whites that you have, AJ cooks them in a pan? And I'm like, yeah, they are egg whites. She was joking, though. If that was... if that. If if that was from Holly, she was joking because she was she, it Holly. I think yeah, it she listens. Holly. I think you posted it on your story. Um, she um yeah. she listens to the podcast. She's one of my friends, and uh, oh, she she was just playing funny. with you because I just thought it was funny because yeah. she was like, "You're one of the same person, aren't you?" I'm like, "Well, we can yeah, have slightly she, different things." I I swear <laughs> to God, half the people that message me about recipes and food and stuff, hence why I never post my food anymore because it's just ridiculous. But I swear they're just trying to piss me off. I swear oh, really? they're just joking and they're just being sarcastic. And what, But like, then again, I, I get some serious questions and I'm like, fine, I have to answer them. And then, and then if I if I post one of them on my, on my stories, I'll get someone say, oh, you're such a dick, he's just asking. And I'm like, you try and receive 10 messages like this and reply to them each, every single one, very politely. Like yeah. anyone that works a desk job or like an like a job where they get emails off bad cut like of annoying customers and things like that, do you answer every one of them like super professionally or do you secretly get really fucked off? <laughs> like, come <laughs> I on. think everybody gets secretly fucked off and then they write the professional email. Yeah, exactly. Because they'll exactly. have the email and go for fuck's sake, why are you saying that? Don't yeah. be so ridiculous. And get all the rant out and then they're like. To whom it may concern. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Instagram, it's easy just to react really fast. That's why some of my reactions are like a little bit untapered. Yeah. We like the tapering thing though. Okay, so one final thing on the deload. Um, Food-wise, in your deload, do you keep food exactly the same? Or no, would you, you sit down a little bit? Maintenance calories. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's no, when you're in a surplus, there's no need to eat in a giant surplus when you're deloading. Because all all you're going to do is just gain additional fat. Because <laughs> your energy expenditure in the gym is down. So yeah. it's um you certainly don't want to be in a deficit, I don't think. Mm. Because well, you, if you're quite deep and into an off-season, deficit's fine. Um, so actually, there's some relevance here. 
Um, if you're in an off season, you're gaining and you're like, you know, decently high levels of body fat maintenance. If you're in a, a deficit um, and you're dieting, maintenance. Mm. Because, and I, I mean maintenance, like not a deficit. Because yeah. you should, and, and by the decrease in energy expenditure through your sessions, keeping your calories the same, if you're not in a very aggressive deficit, should almost bring you closer to maintenance anyway. And then mm. I like to top up some people. It depends where they are on a deficit. They're very new into a deficit, no way. Like if, but if they're quite deep into a deficit, I'll, I'll raise up some carbs as well, so they get the extra reduction in training fatigue and a bit of diet fatigue reduction as well, so they get to crush sure. the next week. Um, sure. So that's that's my opinion on that. But yeah, main, maintenance calories for me this week, um, which has been fine. It's no issues with that from from my perspective. I just. I'm really disattached from food right now. I just don't, well, even when I was dieting, I'm pretty disattached from food. I just don't, I, I don't really think about food or anything like that. I just, just eat and that's it. You know. It's just one less thing to be thinking about, isn't it? Because you only have a certain amount of um, mental willpower to make those choices a day. So sure. basically, it's like we talked about previously. If you take that choice away, it's mm. it's one more thing that you can focus your brain power on. Yeah. Um. Same thing with clothes. You know, I mean, I don't really care what kind of clothes I wear at the moment because nothing really fits properly <laughs> anymore. Um, and I have to say, I think I'm making some um, some gains on my back because I put on my new sports bra today that what mm. that did actually come in the same size as my last ones, and I put it on. And I was like, ah, shit, these are hurting on my lats. Good. Um, mm. I'm like, oh, that might be gains. That might yeah. be gains. Will possibly. Be. Um, so yeah, so it, it is. It's just taking that thought process away, isn't it? And that's why I keep my foods relatively the same. My routine is exactly the same because I just don't have to think about it anymore, um, which is nice. But yeah, have you got any um, last little pointers to finish off on before we say goodbye? Um, yeah, I think being a, like guys, you you when it comes to deloads, you you'll get better at learning when you need to take one. It's all it's all a learning curve, so don't be upset with yourself if you go too far and you you get into a, a really big hole of training fatigue. You just have to take longer to dissipate that. Um, so, but but learning your ability to to notice when you need to back off is very important. You should be doing that on a frequent basis yeah um, and actually yeah. back off so yeah, like we were talking about off. it's yeah, really worth it back it's, it's really worth it because you'll only you'll only regret it you'll only mm. regret it when you come back and you want to crush it the next week and you can't you know so yeah we'll leave it there then guys um thanks again for listening should we do our silly little image thing m&m shot that's it oh, oh you've got to be epic i haven't got my yeah. thing on that's oh, all never mind all right three two one Cool. epic okay cool so um that's it from us guys um have a good weekend enjoy the sunny weather if you are experiencing it and we'll catch you all next friday yep see you in a bit guys bye-bye bye-bye